0: Dangers of Deluded Gospel, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 3. Who? Let me now remind you, let me now remind of you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is the good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins just as the scripture said. Anybody believe the gospel this morning? Anybody believe God's word? Yeah. So, what they're saying, what they're saying right there is he's saying that he passed on to you what was most important. And he told you as as of course you believe something that was never true. Okay? So Paul did a Paul passed the good news on and he did it without error. And would everybody agree if that's a true statement? Most of the New Testament is written by Paul. So we as a church, as grandparents, as parents, as Sunday school teachers, as pastors, as every hat that you wear, we have an obligation and a duty to pass this knowledge on to the next generation. And we need to pass it on accurately without watering it down. What's that mean? Because whatever you teach your grandchildren and your children, that's what they're going to learn. That's what they're going to think. And if you don't teach them, The school will, and if the school don't teach them, their friends will teach them. Or the internet. We're watching it happen. We're watching it happen right in front of us. Teenagers don't have a clue about what they believe or what they think. It's so far off that it's just hard to even get your mind around it. And, you know, Lord had to check me. It's like trying not to, not letting, my, not letting my little one watch the TV. I mean, you can say I'm extreme, but I don't care, because I'm going to protect her mind. I'm going to protect my children's mind. As much as it might put me in a spot to have to be more activated and more involved, that's okay, you know. She's still okay. Is it killing you, teenagers, that we don't watch TV at home? You good? Yeah. Life getting better? Feel stronger? Yeah. Things are happening. So I would just encourage you, Take some time, start reading the word. Just do one chapter a night. Do one chapter a night with your kids, your house, after supper time, just come in, start in Matthew. Read one chapter. Take a couple of minutes and say, "Did you learn anything from that? Is there anything that's, that, that jumped out to you? Take a few minutes and then pray, and watch what happens. You will grow. Second Timothy 3:16 through17. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. Can I get an amen on that? I'm going to say it again. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Matthew 5:18 tells us, I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. You guys need to get your mind around that. Just let that soak in for a minute. The smallest detail of his word will not disappear. So you can't take away from it. You can't add to it. You can't make it work for you. Well, you can, but you will not get the results that you are looking for. Again, we'll we'll just take a little time here. So we're talking about the school, and I'm going to get some more information for you guys. So right now, currently... Um, Springfield, and I'm just educating you. I'm not telling you how to vote. I'm just telling you what's... I'm just giving you facts of where we're at. So Springfield has two school board openings coming up. There's four people running for it. When You can go online and you can find the information yourself on who's who. So when they ask the four of these potential school board members, they asked them different questions on different things. And it's pretty clear-cut when you read what's what. Two of them answer with what I would say is, biblical answers the other two wouldn't even comment so you need to pray about it we need to get out and vote our voices need to be heard because the schools the schools need they need godly sound people with sound minds to be making decisions see cuz it all goes back to the home whatever whatever the home however healthy the home is is how healthy the school is going to be. If the home's not healthy, the school's not going to be healthy. If the home's not healthy, church might not be healthy. It all comes back to that relationship with God in your home, and and that's a whole other message. We won't get stuck there. John 10, 35. And you know that the Scriptures cannot be altered, so if those people who received God's message were called God's. So... Scripture cannot be set aside. When you, when you break down the different translations, New Living Translation says that it cannot be altered. The NIV says it cannot be set aside. The CEB says it cannot be abolished. The BSB says it can't be broken. The Amplified says the Scripture cannot be undone or annulled. Does anybody believe that? Do You understand what I'm saying? That this is absolute truth. It is infallible. It's incapable of making mistakes or being wrong. Anybody heard that word before? Just just start learning these words. Start, start, start equipping yourself. Give yourself more, more knowledge so that you can be effective when you have that encounter that we're praying for, when you have that divine appointment where God has brought somebody into your time and you get an opportunity to, uh, to share. Um, Randy and I, just give a little shout out here. So... Uh, she had a procedure on Thursday. We went to the hospital and I was nervous. I wasn't really probably showing it and and so they we go into the room where they make you change your gown and they get all your stuff and they're checking your vitals. So the smell nurse came in. And I don't know about you, but anybody even like being at the hospital. Something about the hospital just is very unpleasant. Just there's nothing about it that's nice except when you're leaving. I mean, because from the time you get there, they're going to register you, put a thing on your arm, take your money, and and then they're going to come in and tell you all the possibilities of what could go bad. I mean, just, you know, not a fun place to be at. Um, So we're sitting there, and this male nurse came in, and he started asking her questions, and um, uh, he's asking questions, and we just started talking, and and Randy was talking about her health, and I think we were both probably kind of nervous, so she's just, we're talking a lot, and um, and she made the comment, she said, well, she said, but here I am, here I am, and here we are, pastors, pastor, you know, pastoring, and, and God's healed me, and so he got, he, he started asking a question, and I just, boy, we just, Spirit of God came in that room, we started talking, and I mean, and God was just, I was, I was shocked, I was not expecting this to happen, I mean, we were there for probably 20 minutes, 30 minutes, just talking. I'm waiting for the anesthesiologist and the actual surgeon to come in and talk to us and tell us what they're going to do, and blah, 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 blah. And we're just talking. This guy keeps asking questions, and I'm just being really real with him. And he's like, "Well, what's your, He's like, "What made you decide to? What made you decide to, to to just be all in?" And I was just like, "Man, I was like, the things of the world didn't fill me. I'm like, they didn't fill me. And then when I got fully committed to Jesus and fully surrendered, I'm like, my life changed." And like, no, that matters. So this guy was just like, I could literally watch, I was literally watching Jesus begin to pump his heart and open him up. And then he started to open up to us, complete strangers just started opening us up to us where he was at, what he was facing, how he had been doubting God, how he was at a crossroads in his life. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to think. I mean, they came in, they were like, they came in, there looking for him, like, what's going on? And boom, they willed her out, they willed her out and... I looked at him and said, I'll be back. And I went back and I gave him my phone number and said, you want to finish this conversation? I'd be more than happy to uh, finish where we left. So I'm going to go have coffee with him. I've been texting him. And so like, but it just, it was awesome. And, but the point is, church, we have to get in the word and we have to know the truth so that we can share the truth. And we can't water it down. Because there's dangers in it when it's watered down. Why does the gospel get watered down? See, we live in an instant world where you can just get on your phone. You can get on your phone, your tablet, your TV, YouTube, Chromecast it, whatever. And it's so easy to pick a preacher and watch it. I personally will not pick on other preachers because I think that every pastor, you know, he's walking in flesh. He might say something that's not quite right. If he continues to to say something that's not right, that's not okay. You know, someone's going to need to correct him. But all pastors walk in flesh. But you do have to be careful who you listen to. You have to be careful who you listen to. You need to know what their doctrines are. You need to know some of the stuff they really actually believe. And if they start getting and putting their own stuff into it, that's dangerous. So why does the gospel get watered down? by preachers, people, and speakers. Because people want to be popular, they want to be liked. And if they tell you what you're not supposed to do, and they tell you all the things that you like to do, that you shouldn't be doing, you might not like them. That song, Send Me, says, Send me, if the truth cuts like an arrow, I'll say it anyway. Even if they reject me, I'll say it anyway. Do you want to, if you get an opportunity to speak truth to your brother, your mom, your dad, your brother, your son, whoever, are you going to be the Christian that, that loves them and, and pampers them all the way to hell? Are you going to appease them and enable them and not tell them truth and water it down so they can just live their life all the way down to the pits of hell? No. You're going to speak truth. And they might not like you in that particular season, but that's what they need. So, preachers, speakers, they want to be liked. Maybe it's their pride. That has them watering it down. Maybe it's because they want big fat offerings. That they don't want to preach truth. Because they don't want to offend people. Maybe it's just they're seeking power and influence. Maybe they're scared. Maybe they lack the knowledge. Maybe it's just what they were taught. Generationally they were taught wrong doctrine. And it was never corrected. So there's definitely a lot of negative things that happen when the, when the doctrine and the gospel gets watered down, if I if I was to come right here right now and start over here in this corner, and I was to tell her a phrase, and she was gonna speak it into everybody's ear, by the time it got to the back, chances are it wouldn't even be the right phrase that I said. Okay, it's kind of the same principle. We're not gonna water it down. We're gonna we're gonna learn it. And we're gonna preach it like God wants us to to, to preach it. Ezekiel 13, 10 and 15. There are talk- anybody familiar with this part of scripture? Anybody got any clue what it's talking about? Something pops into your mind? About building a wall. So this will happen because these evil prophets deceive my people by saying, All is peaceful when there is no peace at all. It's as if the people have built a flimsy wall. And these prophets are trying to reinforce it by covering it with white, whitewash. So what happened here, they built this wall. And they didn't build it right. They didn't even put any mortar in it. They didn't put any mortar in this wall. They just threw some bricks up there, threw this cheap little veneer Whitewash covering in 15. At last my anger against the wall and those who covet it with whitewash will be satisfied. Then I will say to you, the wall and those who whitewashed it are both gone. You're like, where are you going with that? I'm getting there. Lazy builders stacked the bricks with no mortar. They put a plastic veneer over the bricks to hide it. So it's a concept called watered down. In the 2010 Haitian earthquake... More than 5,000 people were killed and injured. And one of the principal causes was untempered mortar. Greedy contractors skimped on the percentage of concrete they mixed. They watered it down. You tracking with me? They chose to add too much water to the concrete mix. And when the earthquake came, the structures did not withstand the shaking or the rattling of it, and people died. So what are we going to do? That's right, we're going to not dilute it. And and the gospel is simple. There's no reason to overcomplicate it. If you read something that doesn't quite make sense to you, pray on it. Go find somebody a little more mature than you. And guess what? If someone comes to you and you don't know, pray with them. And then you go find somebody and pray and do some research and say, what does this mean? And say, Lord, speak to me. I need to know what this means. God gave us the Ten Commandments as a wall to protect us. The Ten Commandments, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That doesn't say, hey, that doesn't mean just on Sunday. He expects that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Don't have no other gods. I think a lot of people have gods in their life and they don't even realize it. could be wealth, power, the house, the car, the relationship, things. Thou shalt not worship any graven image. People are worshiping things and they don't even realize it. Thou shalt not worship any graven image. Thou shalt not take God's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. And thou shalt not covet. It is clear as day. His commandments are clear as day. So we don't water them down. We don't say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make it work for me. That's not going to do you any good. That's going to leave you right straight back to frustration. When the gospel gets watered down, the foundation upon which humans build upon is weak. I don't know about you guys, but I want a strong foundation. John 14, 15 says, If you love, if you love me, obey my commandments. What are those commandments? I just gave you those commandments. You already all know them. I've preached before on the Ten Commandments, better is his way. And see, in his teachings, what he was doing when he gave us this format, he he laid it out for us. This is how you have a life of happiness. This is how you have a life of joy. It's super simple. You just follow it. The Bible teaches about justification and sanctification. One way the, the gospel gets diluted is when people are encouraged to have enough faith... To believe that God will forgive them, but not enough faith to believe that He will keep them from sinning. Let that sink in for a minute. You're going to progressively work towards sanctification in your journey with God. As you come closer to God, that in your, the active sins in your life will go away as you give them to God. As you as you seek Him, He will help you. You'll eventually quit doing those things that you know you shouldn't be doing. You'll quit watching rated R movies. At least you should, because it doesn't give glory to God. I know I sound like a broken record, but I'm just preaching what I'm supposed to preach. You'll get to where you're not angry. Things won't get to... Your your temperament will begin to come more like God's temper, and you'll be meek and fair and just. You'll begin to have discipline with your flesh, because he tells us that every day... We have to pick up our cross, and every day we have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And that is by killing our flesh every single day. So, have enough faith that not only will God forgive you and come into your heart, but He's going to help you overcome that. But you have to keep walking towards Him. It doesn't just stop right here, it doesn't just stop if you come down here and say, Hey, Jesus. Once you come in my life, no, you got to keep every single day. You got to wake up, make that commitment to say, "God, I'm going to do better today. I'm going to work closer. I'm going to work harder to be more like you." You got to make room for him. If you remember Randy's uh, sermon that she preached to making two on the t- making making room for two, you got to make room for him. You got to make room for him. Daily, have an attitude to daily work on your process of sanctification with the Word and with prayer. I would challenge you guys to, every morning when you wake up, before you get your phones out, before you do anything, get up out of bed, find somewhere that's not too comfortable, where you can't fall back asleep. But I would, I would just challenge you and encourage you, get up before you even grab that phone. Don't even just turn the alarm off, leave it where it's at. Take 10 minutes. Take 10 minutes and start praying. Start having a real conversation with God before you do anything. I'm not going to go into all the details of that because I've got a message coming up that's going to go deeper into that. But there's a lot going on, and I promise you, if you will take 10 minutes before you ever even... Look at who texted you before you ever even read an email, or read the news, before you do any of that, before you even go before you even go make the coffee, before you do any of that, take 10 minutes and pray. And see see what happens. You have nothing to lose but everything to gain by doing that. That'll help you, that'll help you as you go into your studies, that you'll get true revelation of what he's trying to say to you cuz I mean you can show up and you can show up and you can you can take what pastor says, or what I say, or what Karen says at a Bible study, and what Ed says in a class, and you can, you can ride that piggy tail, but you need to get your own revelation and understanding of the Word. And once it comes alive to you, then you'll start to have some amazing growth, and things will change. Undiluted gospel involves real repentance for sin, a sorrow for sin, and a turning away from it. Okay? doesn't mean have guilt but you got to be aware of it and it's okay if you're trying just just keep on trying don't get stuck don't get stuck on it if something happens and you mess up just keep on getting up every morning praying and keep on moving forward being an overcomer of all of that you guys learn anything listen the the world is in bad shape, spiritually speaking. And it's partly because the gospel got diluted. The message of Jesus got watered down. You know, the assemblies, when I was a young kid growing up in this church, they didn't tolerate anything. They were probably too strict. It's just how it was. When I, went, when I grew up, you didn't wear shorts, you didn't wear a hat, you didn't run. You didn't go to the movies, you didn't listen to sacred movies, you didn't music, you didn't go to dances. And I had issues with it, but then they kind of got, it kind of went in an opposite direction, and then where now things are acceptable. And I'm not saying those specific things, but it was very structured and very just, you know, this is how it is. They didn't tolerate a lot of stuff, but now it's kind of culture itself, not just the assemblies, but the ch- organized church in general has, it has kind of gotten way too relaxed. We're on the south side. We were on the south side yesterday and cruising down Battlefield. And Addison's like, scratches his head, like, "What did I just see?" He's like, "I'm so confused." And I'm like, "What's wrong, man?" And he's like, "We just went by a church." And he's like, "And they had an LGBT flag, a Black Lives Matter flag, and some other flag." And he's like, "That is so confusing," at a church. I don't, and I was like, "Well, it was a Unitarian, whatever church." You know, just he was confused. Does that sound confusing? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just saying, it was confusing. So I don't know what they're teaching. I don't know what they're teaching. In 2005, cancer patient Georgia Hayes won a $2.2 billion court settlement against her pharmacist. He had diluted her chemotherapy drugs with water, and in the process, she had lost her best chance Recovery. That's a lot of money, but it's little comfort when you don't have long to live. So, the dangers of diluting it he wanted to make some money, so he diluted her chemo drugs with water, diluted it down to where it didn't have its effect, it didn't have the efficiency that it needed. And maybe this message is more for me than you guys. I don't know. This is what the Lord gave me. And again, I'm just encouraging you and teaching you to get in it. Let it come alive in you. But then make sure when you share it with somebody that you share it straight how it is. Don't, don't, don't alter it. Don't change it. Don't water it down. Dilute to make thinner, to lessen, to lessen strength, to adulterate, to reduce value or efficiency, to make fainter or to water down. I do not ever want to be guilty of not preaching undil- undiluted Deluded gospel. It's not going to happen because everybody's soul is at stake. Our futures, our heavenly futures, that's what matters. So again, I would just encourage you guys every morning get up and just take 10 minutes and get alone with God and establish that prayer relationship and ask Him to reveal Himself to you in new ways. Give him an opportunity to renew your mind in the morning with him before you even touch anything of the world. We all have our routines. We all have our routines. Some of us get up and read right there in our bed. Some of us keep on sleeping. Some of us keep on sleeping. What could I say? Some of us don't sleep that much. Some of us wake up and throw our pants on and out the door we go. Some of us get up, make coffee, go lay back down. But take 10 minutes to start praying and ask God just to reveal himself to you in your daily life, in the word. Let him guide you to start reading it so that it'll come alive. His, his word is alive. It was already written. He don't need us adding to it. He don't need us changing it. It's that simple. It is clear cut. Just keep this nugget in your mind: we are not, we are not going to be a church, and we are not going to do outreach with diluted gospel. We're going to speak truth, and we're going to speak it in love. And we're not going to be coming out. Well, I'm not saying you come out and you condemn, condemn somebody of their sin. That's not what I'm saying. You can come at it at a different angle and, and get get relationship with them first get a get a bond with them to where they know that you're a loving person, that you're a caring person, and you'll eventually get to that part to work on, you know, course corrections and, and daily lifestyle stuff. I mean, it's just there's so much. There's so many pastors out there. There's so many different churches and there's so many different opinions and it's gotten watered down and we just can't have it. This is not okay. Go back to read 1 Corinthians again. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is the good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. Someone sent me a text emoji-type thing. It had... Two superheroes. Captain America was on the top, and it said, "Don't be that Christian. Don't be that Christian that pushes away people. That pushes people away from Christ and the church. So don't be all judgy. Don't be condemning. Don't be all holier than thou. Don't be don't be that Christian it's where you push people away." And then it had Bruce Banner, who turns into the Hulk. If you the Hulk, if you didn't know, and he said, "But don't be that Christian that loves somebody." And pampers them all the way to hell. So we gotta find that right. We gotta find that balance. If Randy will come up and prepared to play some worship. So if you need a when you're when you're thinking about this and you're and you're doing some studies when you're studying your Bible this week. Just keep keep that in mind about untempered mortar challenge you to go to Ezekiel 13 read that a little bit about that wall but just use the blocks either use the foundation blocks as a as something to remind you or think about diluted chemo drugs use something as a reference to think about if I get an opportunity to share the good news with somebody am I going to hold back because I'm worried about them liking me Or am I gonna am I gonna speak truth? Am I gonna take that opportunity to speak truth? Go, going back to being in that hospital room with that guy, I'm telling you, I it's not that I doubted, I just wasn't expecting to have that kind of reaction. And I I told Randy, I was like, I was like, man, I'm like, that happened just like these different pastors that I've been watching who have gone deeper into evangelizing and are going deeper into like. Some like how to really reach somebody, and I'm like, That I was like, that was literally happening step by step, and it was because of boldness, and it was because I didn't hold back, I didn't care what the guy thought about me, I did not care what he thought about me one iota. I was gonna represent God, and that wasn't even the plan. So, for the altar time, because we got time, I think we just as a church, I think we just come down and spend a few minutes and we just pray for boldness boldness that we will make a, who, who, will, who will come down and just stand and agree with me that as believers we are going to choose to stand in boldness and we're going to change to speak truth and not water it down for whenever we have those opportunities to witness to somebody or to talk about our Jesus that, that we are just equipped and we're ready to go and we're ready to speak, it, speak truth to him So as she sings that song, I would just encourage you to come down and make that commitment and just ask God for some boldness and ask him him for for opportunities to minister to somebody. bold, Lord. Give us boldness like we've never had. Lord, give us opportunity to minister. Give us opportunity to speak truth, Lord, to a dying world, Lord, to our co-workers, to our friends, to our family, to our children, Lord God, Lord. Let your word come alive in our hearts and in our minds, Lord. In our hearts and in our minds, let your word come alive, Lord. In Jesus' name,